0: This is the Rockonomics Podcast, Episode 16, our Sweet 16. And fittingly, our guest this week is Merge Recording Artist Benji Hughes. It could be argued that Benji has reached cult status with critically acclaimed albums, a bevy of celebrity friends, collaborators, and admirers, and a penchant for disrobing during live shows. He's accumulated an eclectic resume that equally reflects his eclectic style and personality. I caught up with him just before the holidays, in which he celebrates Princemas, by decking out his porch with an homage to the late, great, purple-loving artist formerly and currently known as Prince. And our conversation went as follows. Okay. Um, the first thing I wanted to, you know, in, in, in trying to nail down your sound, when you look at what everyone said about you, I wanted to read off the list of People you've been compared to or sound like or you know, are similar to, and, and want to see who I guess what would be the biggest compliment out of these guys. So, you have Randy Newman, uh, well, Prince, okay, don't have to go any further. I mean, yeah, it stops there. Thank you. I mean, well, either one of those guys, uh, The Carpenters, awesome. Pavement, Brian Wilson, Beck, Chet Baker, Beastie Boys, Flaming Lips, Magnetic Fields, Leonard Cohen, Badly Draw Boy. Julian Casablancas, Jarvis Cocker, uh, Rivers Cuomo, Harry Nilsson, and Warren Zevon. Wow! Uh, I mean, any of those say like, "Oh, that's you know, that's that's off," or "That's not me," or "I don't see, I don't get the uh, correlation."
1: Every one of those has made uh, some records that I like, and I take it as a huge compliment. Some of them I'm more into than others, but you know, it seems like that, that you may have asked a couple people that really like me to compile that list, but I'll take it. <laughs>
0: well, I guess, you know, I was going to say, how do you feel about... The other thing that it was cool in looking you up is that, you know, you've got these, like, John Perales of the New York Times. I mean, big fan. Chuck Klosterman wrote a big thing about you in Esquire. Um, New York Magazine, they put the nail on the head, says you have more famous admirer, admirers than civilian. I mean, does that with something like that it's a great compliment does it bother you in the end I mean would you rather have I'd rather have you know millions of the public buying my products versus you know a handful of uh, well-known celebrities
1: well I think anybody would rather have millions of products sold than not if, right. if that was even the case anymore and uh, music or something but uh, uh, or music but I uh I, I think that, uh, really just think it's neat. I, I don't, uh, I don't understand, uh, exactly. Well, I think it's the, it's just one of those things that happen. I, maybe few people have talked about it, they're nice enough to talk about it. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, this day and age, you either kind of like, you luck out on, a thing, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people know about you for something, you know, um, or, or you know, there's a you catch the moment. And I just I'm kind of super underground, I
0: guess. Right, something. right. <laughs> well, how did you how did you feel when this praise was coming? Like, I guess uh, it was probably it was probably in reaction to a Love Extreme that that goes back to 2008, I believe that you put that out.
1: I thought it was awesome. Um, I really didn't, you know, roll around in it, uh, too much. I mean, I, I've been in a band for, uh, years and, and been around the stuff. It's, it's just, it's always nice when somebody says something nice about you and it's, and it's not, unless you have like, well, the psychological conditions, I can't name right now. Or <laughs> if, you know, it's it sucks when somebody says something not so nice about you or right. that you don't like or agree with, and you're like, "What do you mean? I didn't even. That's not even my song, or right. that's it's not about that, or those aren't the lyrics, or I don't
0: suck." <laughs> but yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, I, the good news, I I didn't really find any of that. I mean, have, I'm, I'm sure you live in you know, you being the subject, you know, was was there much pushback on some of the stuff you did, or not that it's not.
1: universally acclaimed, but. Not on Love Extreme. I mean, the last album I put out got got some uh, got a little. I don't think it was uh, recep- received as uh, I think the people that liked Love Extreme, that are critics, might have uh, been expecting something more along the lines of Love Extreme. Kind of like mm-hmm. a lot different. I had a lot of girls singing on it more than me, and I think that kind of trips people out. Sometimes they don't. They're <laughs> like, what the heck is this? I thought I was going to get this, but I think it's a really fun record, and uh, and I don't, I didn't get the vibe like anybody hated it or anything. It, it just, uh, it wasn't. I mean, I thought it went over fine. I mean, people seemed to like it. Too. I talked to, I didn't, anybody like, take this back right now, right? <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I uh, yeah, I think that it's supposedly a good thing to not. Pay too much attention to to critics, sure. because you know if you if you think that everything you do is awesome, and maybe it's not, and you don't think about it, and then if you have done something awesome, somebody doesn't like it, hurts your feelings, and you're just a drag, right, it's like dude, get over
0: it. <laughs> so, where did your uh, passion for music start? I mean, when you were a kid, was there anything profound that kind of you know? So, so many people. You know, I was just listening on the radio today. It's like obviously the Beatles. If you're a certain age, you know that sets you off. And but um,
1: my parents had a great record collection. Uh I mean, for our you know s- status, you know, to have we weren't uh, they had a, they had a decent amount of records and varying rock. Country, a good taste of music. My mother liked some cool stuff that the Cars and Talking Heads. Oh, wow. and my dad did too, but she had like she had a lot of those records that were it was great. The Police and all that, and um, and that was fun to listen to. And and of course, you know, Sly and the Family Stone. I'd put that on it. Attempt to figure out what is it. Thank you for letting me be myself. For letting me be myself myself they, they the way that he spelled it on the record just I thought that was so wild <laughs> and and I like to listen to those their albums all the time I always you know just love music a lot they're they're really into it, so always listening to it.
0: when did you get into playing
1: uh I wanted to play for a while, but you know, it doesn't. We didn't. Any, we didn't have any instruments around, and kids don't. As far as guitar goes, I mean, a lot of times you can't really. You don't even have the physiology to do much until right. you're about twelve. Um, and let's get a different kind of guitar. But anyway, or anyway, so for guitar, I uh, I got a I got one. My my great aunt Maxie. It was super awesome. Uh we used to watch Jeopardy and eat Neapolitan Ice Cream and Murder she wrote and <laughs> smoked a cigar. She stopped that after a while, but she had this farm she had a bunch of closets. I went in one and I got a she had an old plastic guitar and I was like, I use this and she was like, Yeah, of course. So I got that, I took that, played it a lot, and just jammed out with, you know, the bones and whatever self-taught or yeah. you know
0: looking at magazines to see what their fingers are doing or
1: yeah you do that um i had a i had an uncle uh i guess technically i don't know cousin I, it was that gave me a lesson and when i first got it, he told me to he had to tune it and you know and i thought that was cool i had don't think I stuck with it exactly like you know. <laughs> I didn't have a tune or anything, but right. the the basic principle I got and play the chords, and then I got uh, got into that. And my dad saw that I was really on it because you know I heard not as much, much from him, but my mom's like, "You won't, you won't play because I had, I was in high school, man, and I didn't play." So I was like, "What?" But, so I'm right. into, I'm into this,
0: but. um, My passing fad every kid goes through. It's like, you know.
1: I don't want to play tuba or whatever, which I wouldn't say that, but somebody said that at some point. I'm not picking on the tuba. I'm just saying. My dad saw I was into it. Uh, I got a K-Starter Series electric guitar and a Gorilla amp. It was like $100. $144, actually. I had a layaway card, and I had to make money to pay it off. So I was doing all, you know, it's like, Hey, I'll do this for four dollars.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I'll do that for six. Just hustling, every you know, million yards doing whatever.
0: Good, good, good lesson, I guess. Now I made the money <laughs> pretty quick. So, did you take that? So, you're like early teens at that point, or twelve? And then, when did you start like uh, playing with other kids or get a, getting a band together?
1: Um, well, I played. We got together and jammed or something on, around that time, but you know, thirteen or something. But I, but I, I was playing bass, and then I I really, I guess, I, my first band I really actually was in. I was fourteen, and uh, we were called Smash Action. Nice, yeah, and uh, <laughs> and we did our first gig at a club in Greenville, Tennessee, which. It was a bar, it wasn't a club, and it was the only place you could see live music, and it was, it wasn't, um, it was in, it was the mountains and not, okay. it was kind of like rural, sure. and it was kind of sketchy, and it was called Nobody's Business, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that's where I did my first gig, and it was, a uh, Tough crowd? You know, it wasn't a huge crowd, and I'd say some of them were pretty tough, uh... The, and were you underage at the time? Were you like 14? 14. Okay, 14. That's yeah. cool. I was the youngest guy in the band. Um and they they were wild. I mean, there's was, there was a guy in there that had gotten thrown out of the back of a truck, uh, <laughs> a pickup truck, and one of his eyes was going off to the side. <laughs> he was kind of small, so he kinda it reminded you of like one of the the uh, young brothers or something in uh, ACDC. He he would jump around. He 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 got a settlement from sorry, it's not funny. He got a settlement From getting thrown out of the truck, and he bought this crate amplifier with a wireless thing so he could run around and. Perfect. It was was pretty intense. He was far out.
0: Money well spent. I think so. (laughs) So, at what point did, um, I guess, did anything get traction before? I I know you were in a band, I'm going to mispronounce it, Muscadine. (laughs) That's it, Muscadine. Yeah, that was. Was that the first band that kind of, you know, you got serious about or. I would you know. say
1: so. Yeah, I mean, there, were, there weren't there many... Uh, yeah, it was the, right off the bat, we kind of... Uh, Jonathan Wilson, he's great. We're still good buddies. I hadn't talked to him in a while. But I guess the last time I saw him, he was he's playing guitar with Roger Waters right now on tour with him. Oh, wow. But he's got his own solo albums that have come out and done really well. He's gotten a lot of press, uh, high, you know, high regards. He makes really good stuff. And so... This guy and I, we hit it off right off the bat, and uh, it was fun. And we had uh, had some wild adventures. It was pretty, pretty cool.
0: <laughs> Care to tell any stories about it? I mean, uh... oh,
1: wow. Um, well, <laughs> one time we were playing. I'll just leave out some stuff that might sound unfriendly, uh, although I know that's some of the best stuff. But... Things were happening we were we were gonna I just don't even need to say the names of the band, so that'll help. Uh there was a band that had a tour. Okay. And everybody in the band <laughs> quit the tour but uh except like the one dude. So we decided to fill in for the band to do the shows as his backup band. Okay. And we did like a couple of shows, and then he freaked out and quit. <laughs> so then we posed as the band. And did all the rest of the shows, but, so we'd show the venue. They'd have the band's T-shirt on, but nobody in the band was in the band. <laughs> and we just played Were, our own songs. And We played like two of theirs. And okay, said that's the Sarnay stuff.
0: Were you doing double duty? Would you be like opening for yourself, or we just play yeah. one one set and be done with it?
1: We had some people open for us. I mean, they weren't a really popular band. It wasn't like it wasn't like uh, it. It was just we, we didn't want to lose the dates, and we just thought it would be a great chance to go and, and do this thing. And it was, it was fun, but when somebody comes out wearing the name of the band's T-shirt, that's, that's too much. I mean, I just remember that feeling. I'm glad you brought that because that's funny, just going like us being like, oh, dude. Well,
0: it would be funny to see them looking at the – if the band members were pictured on the shirt, are they looking at the shirt and looking at the stage and looking at the shirt and looking at the <laughs> stage?
1: Basically. I'm pretty sure that, that at some point somebody – I mean, there was a, there were a few times I know that we got called out at some point by somebody that worked there, or was like, you know, "We know you're not." <laughs> <laughs> but it all worked out.
0: Was that when you were uh, Muscadine?
1: This was yeah. This was Muscadine. This was uh, our original incarnation with uh, with a drummer that's no longer with us, and uh, he was a wild dude. I mean. Got to
0: fit the mold of the drummer. Missing
1: some teeth, uh, super, <laughs> super, he was like a real big guy, and really over the top. Uh, but he was a sweetheart. He was just wild. Right. He was
0: wild. So at, at some point you guys signed to Sire, right? Mm-hmm. And that was 90, my notes say 96, it's around 96, I guess. Sure. Um, was that a good experience? Was that your first experience with a, you know, a, a label? Or at least signing to a label?
1: You know, I believe it was. <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. It, it, it was. Uh, and it was really fun. I mean, that was when they were still throwing money around and, like, they put us up in the Parker Meridian and took us to parties. You know, like, Donald Trump's there, <laughs> TLC's there, like, Aphex Twin. Like That's cool. Richard, whatever. Are you it was
0: in New York like. or LA when you when? You know, when this you're doing New all York. this, yeah, okay. New York,
1: and uh, you know, I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, going to mega parties and getting riding around in cars and fancy dinners and and all that. You know, that is fun, and I don't think anybody will get that experience again. Right, uh, but at the time, I mean, it was just like nothing. They they kicked that vibe, but we called just the end of it. But it was amazing. Yeah, it was fun.
0: Yeah, ninety six. I'm trying to think of kind of that era. It's kind of Um, I guess the grunge era Was kind of coming up Or even just basic Back to basic rock and roll What kind of band was Muscadine
1: We were uh, Really kind of like A rock band Uh, Our I would say Just a straight up rock band Our Pardon me The CD that we Came out with um, Ballad of Hope Nichols Which was like Meant to be a demo To get us a deal But then they wanted to pay to put it out. so. Right. But we never put out another album, which is sad because, you know, we really would have made a pretty awesome album. I'm hoping one of these days we'll get back together and make another record. That'd be really fun. John and I would make a great record together. It wouldn't sound anything like... Uh, the first thing that came out, but I don't think that any, I think that all 516 fans out there that remember <laughs> would be like, that it's on okay. My page. It's okay. You moved on like, 30 years. Later.
0: Have you worked with John since?
1: Uh-huh. Absolutely. Okay. He's, he's played on, um, played on love extreme. He, we're buddies. I mean, I think us, I, I think I'd say on some his. I don't know. Maybe, but we, I have him. He's in my LA band. And so, east co- I've got a east coast, west coast band. When mm-hmm. I go out to the west coast, and you know, he's not torn or something, he's in there. That's cool.
0: Um, and also when you uh, the, the Ballad of Hope Nichols was that produced by Keefus? Another name I'm going to Yeah, no, That was
1: Jonathan Wilson, pretty much. Okay,
0: who produced that. Okay, yeah. Who's 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 this Kefis, uh Seancia?
1: Ciancia. Kefis Chancha. Yeah, that's a love extreme. Okay. Yeah, he produced. Uh, Keefus did that. I, you know uh and Gus did i i produced some of it but i felt like keefus did so much that i just wanted to like give him that honor right but if i had to do over again i would put my name on there too and he knows that um that i honor him anyway it would just right. been smarter for me to put my name on there so don't leave your name off the producer credit it's dumb <laughs> it might be a great honor for your friend but a bad move for your group if you do production Take credit for it. Right. But you don't have to take credit for every little thing, like on Cowbell sure, and sure. background vocals and keyboard on this song from five to seven and three. But it is cool to, what I want to use multiple musicians, I do like to give them cross eight plays on this track, plays yeah, yeah. on this. That's cool. Um, but, you know, anyway, Keevis is like one of my favorite people in the world, one of the greatest musicians in the world, and he's. One of the coolest people in the world. He's super awesome. Uh, You should check out some of his jams. I'll tell you about him later if you want. Sure.
0: I mean, from what I could see, he he was somebody who also worked with, um, I guess, T-Bone Burnett and then uh, who you worked with on Walk Hard soundtrack, Mm -hmm. correct?
1: Yeah, T-Bone. He's T-Bone's guy. He
0: had a couple of degrees of separation of all these different people that I feel like you ended up working with. Um, Speaking of production, do you ever want to – do you produce also? Do you produce other artists? Or do you have an interest in producing other artists?
1: Yeah, I love it. Um I love producing. It's really cool. And yeah. I mean I would totally I love I mean I feel like I do produce other artists. I just don't put out you're putting, records. You're not giving me the credit. It's, yeah, I mean <laughs> yeah, basically. But um but yeah, I mean I it's really fun, it's cool, it's not you have to have a great engineer in order for it to be effective. So in a way, it's like, you know, what is it all, you know, people get into it about what is it to be a producer. And, you know, it, optimally you want to be, I guess, maybe optimally, you would would like to be somebody like Alan Parsons, who is a master engineer and then also, you know, becomes the producer and he does it, he can do it all. Right. But, you know, I mean, I also can... Make a really good record uh, without being uh, and without knowing what the hell I am doing when it comes to the (laughs) like. Not sure. If I if I make it like not having to chop it up, Mm -hmm. if I just need to make it sound good and record it, that's cool. If it's gonna get chopped up, I need an engineer because I don't have those kind of like computer skills. Right. But you know, just making something sound good in a room and like. Telling somebody to stop being stupid and chill out and make them drink beer, which is me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> make myself drink a couple to relax and stop being all wigged out.
0: <laughs> now, do you like the studio? Do you like to, you know, get in and, and kind of, I guess, live there or spend a lot of time there for my, for my like, the songs there?
1: I absolutely love it, especially in New York. I mean, dude, it's like you're hanging. Oh, we're out of whiskey. And then five minutes later, ding, there's a, there's a ring at the door. All this great food. So you, I mean, that's the perfect environment because but you can get whatever you want to eat. But I'm, that's not why I'm in the studio, but I'm saying you don't have to leave. You can yeah, keep yeah. going. And I absolutely love it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's it's the most fun kind of thing. It's so neat. It never gets old.
0: Now, is it true when Hurricane Sandy came through New York, were you pretty much,
1: did you hole up in uh, – in a studio, well, yeah, but <laughs> but the thing is, is that I had no power for five days. Uh, so, yeah, I was in an awesome studio, but um, the lot, you know it was also I was one of the only people in New York. I walked down the streets of Manhattan by myself in the dark, and I knew I was like one of only a few people in the world that will ever do that. Yeah, you know, and it's it's a uh, it's pretty wild too. It's like wow, this is. This is crazy. And it was freaky. I didn't know what was going to happen. They did such a great job of keeping it on lockdown. Um, as far as they, they had a patrol car would come around. Every once in a while, you'd see a light, you know, every mm-hmm. half an hour or something. and Nobody... Looted or anything, but I was ready. I mean, I I zombie-proofed the studio. I, was, I had like weapons everywhere, I and mean, I had like booby trap a couple of doorways. Yeah, well, I had I had a, my little zone where I was sleeping, like my defense mechanisms and all that. And um, but they they had had an office party there recently, or were about to have one. I think they just had one, and there were like cases of wine and, and, um, and Jameson. So I had like, I would just wake up. It sounds
0: like a perfect scenario. I mean, I guess the perfect scenario would be, there'd be a backup generator for, uh, you know, to record.
1: It was weird, but it was neat. I mean, now that it happened and you know, after a few days, you're just like, whatever. And then, and, uh, when it, when the lights came back on, I mean, that's when I, I mean, I made a record right then, like just, I was vibing out so hard, just it was cool i mean that part was really awesome was like i guess you know built up energy sitting around for five days in the door <laughs>
0: mm. now is that uh, is it frisbee studios is yes. that where it is um and not to jump tracks but where did you where did you um where did muscadine record did you record in new york or la or
1: first of all i like to say it's okay to jump track because i know i talk like all over the place and jump around um <laughs> Second of all, uh, where do we record? We recorded in Jonathan's parents uh, over their garage. We recorded there some. And then we recorded at Studio East, uh, which is still there. It's across it's really close to the record store, Plaza Appliances, and that's uh, at the Wax Museum right over there. And then there's a graveyard in front of it. Where's that? Is Studio that? East in Charlotte. Okay. So it's like off of 7th. TMI. I don't know why I'm just like, so this is how you get there? You
0: <laughs> well, I told you earlier I don't know where anything is. Um, so anyway, so back to Frisbee. I mean, not necessarily back to Frisbee, but you also got involved in um, jingles, ad jingles. Mm-hmm. Um, when and how did that all get started?
1: Uh, Well, I was – I met – the lady that owns Frisbee, Mary Wood. He's a really good friend of mine, and we produce several records together. Uh, she's really awesome. She, I met her like 15 years ago or something, maybe more. I don't even know. In Los Angeles through my publisher, and she liked some of my stuff. She called me to ask me if I'd like to, to do a jingle. I said, sure, why not? I did it. Um, I sent it to her and I never heard from her. Not like that was sweet, nothing. Right. And then years later, I got a chance to work on another jingle that did pretty good, and she heard I wrote it and sang on her played on it and all that, and then threw me something else, and then I reestablished over time, over many years. I would take anything she gave me, and I slowly went from, like, where it would be like an email or something, or like a a message to, I could get to talk to her every once in a while. And, then, you know, yeah. it just slowly getting to where, you know, I didn't feel like in a position, because I would land some stuff, or at least land in the top three of stuff a lot. So she, you know, it's like that's a good thing. A lot of times you send things out, and cr- there's just so much going on in that zone. Right. It's not like, Here's this. You can have something really good, right? Turn it in. It's like somebody's having a bad day, and they changed the campaign last night. It doesn't, or they didn't change the campaign. It doesn't. It's 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 a crapshoot. So people throw. You don't know how many houses are involved. How many artists in that house are involved? Right. So they pull it all together and see what sticks because there's like three companies. There's the company, then there's the company that the yeah. There's the
0: the client. There's the ad agency. Then there's the yeah, three, me. you know, music houses that are dueling to get the the <laughs> you word know about this. Yeah, that's why I asked. I mean, it's very it, it's very interesting to me because unfortunately I'm the guy who gives like terrible feedback when we're looking for something that we don't know what we want and we're talking to musicians who are like, you know, you're not doing us any favors. But I'm curious that- it, from your side of the fence was it was it fun? Was it freeing? Was it kind of like you know? Not that you didn't take it seriously but where you kind of you could kind of let your guard down and fuck around a bit
1: i think it's great i love it i mean i that's why i mean it's just the, it's like one of the most fun things to do that's you get to be in the studio you get to totally goof off um i mean it's serious but it's serious as much as you need to come up with something that sounds like it's coming from somebody that's not so serious i mean right t- unless it needs to be and it usually yeah. doesn't You need to just do your job, vibe out. And that's why people, you know, the theory behind having drinks and snacks and ordering out lunch for musicians in a studio is all to make the vibe comfortable so people can relax because this is entertainment. (laughs) You know, now we will entertain. Now you will go (laughs) into the box and do the thing. (laughs) So it's all meant to... For that, so being in an environment where you're supposed to be relaxed is great, and you know, yeah, I think there was plenty of change. There, the, there were a few. There's a few clients that that you would know. There's nothing that you can do, <laughs> but you just have to do it, and like that would be weird, especially if they were repeat offenders, and it would be like, okay, we're in for it. Okay. This is going to be we're not going to get the gig, right? But we're going to work five times as hard to get the gig. <laughs> how did you get
0: involved in you know writing for? I know you did TV shows. Um, you did Walk Hard. Like how did that did that stuff come through? Some of your commercial work or your connections to the commercial work or?
1: Uh, that Walk Hard came through. Uh, that was that's just LA. I was out in LA and. I, there's a scene going on out there with some folks. My buddy Charlie Wadhams, uh think, was, was reached out to me and said, I had gotten a script, too, for that from one of my buddies in that circle. And Charlie said, well, I want to do this. I think that's what happened. But I do know that Charlie, I had looked at it, and I didn't really, nothing was popping at the time. He knows where my headspace was. But Charlie came over. He's like, let's work on this country song. And then like that, it happened. It was one of those, which is great. It's like, hey, well, this is how you do it. You know, because I love country, so. Excuse me. And then he worked a lot more on it after me. Was
0: it Let's Do It? Yeah. Yeah. It's such a funny song. Yeah. <laughs>
1: totally. <laughs> that was a good movie. Did you like the movie? I thought it was really funny.
0: <laughs> um, another thing I want to ask you in this whole world, I guess even you know, kind of back to advertising, I also saw the. did you write with or for – El Cooper at one time. I did. Do you kind of would you approach him in a similar way that you would approach a brand? I mean, I feel like he has a brand. He's like this vaudevillian horror show. Do you do you kind of write to that space, or are you just trying to write, you know, the best you could for, uh, you know, what, what, what kind of context you give him? He does or, have or approach a, that.
1: He does have a brand, and I think that it will be impossible not to. Think about that. I mean, you know, the what I was a huge fan growing up. I still am. I suppose always will be. The I, I you know was super freaked out. I was excited about it. He, you know, and this and the song that actually ended up coming out. There were too many people involved in that, and you know, I wasn't stoked about that. But as as I could have been. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I didn't feel like it got. I thought it was could have been cooler. My version of it without 82 people in it would have been a little sweeter. But um, he is a really interesting interesting person, a really uh, kind and thoughtful. He's a good dude. He's maybe weirder in person than you could ever imagine him being as Alice Cooper. So, like, the real guy is just... He's odd. Yeah. I mean, but he's odd in a way that is sweet. Like, it's not like... I don't even know what to say because he's he's really cool and like you know, super smart. He's a great lyricist. Um but he you know, he's he's just a cool guy, but he's just different. Mm-hmm. He's definitely got like this thing going on where I went to his house and stuff up up in his uh up in his uh top of his house. He's got this wild Arizona like sweet looking seventies out crib that It's like space-looking thing, Uh sort of. It's like neat kind of architecture, whatever. He's got this dome thing at the top, sort of. I'm not describing it worth the heck, but he he has all these pictures up there all around the room. It's just a circle at the top of the room, and it's just everybody that's ever been famous that – I mean, Frank Sinatra, Elvis – you are they, know, are all, they pictures the, with, him yeah, it him like with him? Yeah, it's him with everybody. Yeah, but I'm just not even naming yeah. I can't even think of it. It's sure. like Lucille Ball, like just everybody, and it's so cool. And, you know, oh, we started writing a song about that. That was really neat, and we, we wrote some cool stuff that we never really got to work on more So but, you collaborated. You sat with him
0: and yeah. did some stuff. That's cool. How did yeah. that come about?
1: Um, that was through a publisher. Um my publisher at the time, which that was the thing he was great at, was introducing cool folks to other folks. But, yeah, that was was a great experience. I wish that uh, we could have, you know, more could have come of that because there was some really, really good stuff happening. Uh, but, you know, I don't know where it is. I I, uh, I do know that he took me for a ride in his uh, – he just got one of those sweet – I think it was – I want to believe it was a Challenger because I love those – and we got in that And he drove into Cooperstown Where like has a barbecue place And all the chicks have that Alice Cooper makeup oh, on That's awesome and and That's part of the That's part of the Shtick at the barbecue place Yeah That's awesome Killer brisket <laughs> He was And it was like this Prototype ride And we were riding down the road And some rock flies up And psh, cracks the windshield And he like Didn't even Bad eye. Of course I mean he's just way too cool for that Like but you know It was just It was neat It was a sweet ride let uh, dodge. He,
0: <laughs> We're sponsored today by Dodge <laughs> Challenger.
1: <laughs> that could have been a Charger, but it looked really sweet. Anyway. I think it was
0: Dodge. He's um he must be he must have something coming out because I heard him the last couple months. He's been on a couple of podcasts and just what you said, like the he name he drop he drops these names. Like how the hell does he know these guys? I mean, he's been around a long time, but it's funny. Just to your point,
1: he works hard. He puts out a record all the time. He's just on it. And yeah, he's he's a cool dude. Straight up.
0: Um who else uh who else have you had the pleasure of working with or hanging with?
1: Burt um, Bert Backrack. Oh
0: wow. Would you, I mean that's a
1: that's a legend. Another one? Yeah, that was horrifying. Super super <laughs> awesome. Like he he's super I mean he's very uh very gracious and uh you know, like we go to his house, we're going this this uh artist named Holly Palmer and we went to his house now, like in like a really nice section of the I guess it would be Brentwood. Mm-hmm. I don't I can't I can never keep up anyway, really nice. Go there, we get there and his he has a a nice lady make us salads. They were delicious. <laughs> we had lunch with him and talked to him and we went into the pianos and he has all these super cool pictures on the wall you know him with chicks topless and really yeah but it's it's like it's tasteful of course it's like done by like some mega photographer back in the day or like an album cover it wasn't just like hey yeah Yeah. i didn't want to misrepresent no it's classy i mean because like we're there and he has his like eight to 10 year old son roll up while we're in there. Like with this Hey, what's up dad? You know, whatever, like a, I was like a skateboard. I don't know. It's something like that. And you know, he, it was, that was super awesome. And he, you know, sitting down beside Burt Bacharach, you know, and him asking you to play something on the piano. Look, like, what's that? I'm just like, Oh no,
0: no. When did um, you, I know you do a lot on the piano. When did you, when did you learn to play piano?
1: Somewhere in the twenties, and and uh, and I hadn't even been playing that much when uh when I was doing that, so I was just like, dude. Is that where, do you write primarily on the piano or on guitar or how? I do now. I used to just write on the guitar just before I could play piano, and then after that, I've written some on guitar. It's more fun on the piano to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I don't see any, how it could be groovier on anything else. So did the project with Bert come to fruition? Wrote a cool song. Um it was a really good experience. It gave me like a thirty-two bar verse for that had no repeating notes, which is a lot to do lyrically, so I, I got to it was an excellent exercise and it was we it was a pretty song, um but just like So many projects I've worked on, you know, you make some, some cool song, but then by the time it gets to the album and then the, you know, the album gets made, but then somewhere in that year, if the song gets on the album and it's not just destroyed in production. Right. And then does the album ever come out? There's like so many albums that get made that they pay so much money for that they could just put out. It's like, you know, you've already made the thing. Don't shelve it. I mean, just... I mean you you're not going to promote but I guess I don't know i, I
0: don't I don't think I really realize that it's a lot like the movie system. It's like they hired all these people to write scripts and rewrite scripts, then they shelf you know seventy five percent of it. I didn't realize so you know the song
1: industry is kind of the same way oh yeah, so many records you know you you make a and it's even worse now people used to use the same song all the time. they still do mm-hmm. It's just so many cooks in the kitchen, everybody wants a chunk of that money. Albums got worse when you know, people weren't just letting songwriters write the songs and then the singers do them because some singers are great songwriters. Right. But now every singer is going to have a songwriting credit on the record. Right. It doesn't mean if they wrote anything or not, which is fine, but unfortunately they usually do, especially if they've had one hit album or two, then they're going to want to throw some lyrics on there. Right. Oh, oh, God help us all
0: business wise how does that work? Are you getting paid just to work with bird or is it going to be all back end publishing once you guys create something
1: well in that in that particular scenario, I had a publishing deal, so I was getting paid <clears throat> by the publishing company, so part of my job was to you know go stay in l a in a hotel for a week or two and drive a rental car and, you know, get paid, you know, really good money. I, I got paid, you know, I would get paid yearly. I would get paid monthly. You know, I got a check every month and I'd have a contract that came up for a year and I got X amount for that year. And
0: it's a good deal now.
1: Yeah. I had that. I had a job working for a publishing company for quite a few years and, uh, I. I really wish I would have, uh, would have been wiser with my money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, is there, does there come a point where, if you were to get on an album, at what point do they say, "Well, you get this"? How do you divide it? Like you said, there is so many cooks in the kitchen. Does it become like you get ten percent of something, or like you know? I, I know songwriting gets so divvied up.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just depends on how many people write on it. Uh, and I never, I've always been of the. I don't like to uh worry like you're gonna get sixty five and there's an I'm gonna get right you know thirty three and then we're gonna give him two and then right. uh I think that uh it's pretty much, you know, whoever's in the room is like third or third or third, three people. And then when you're and then it's a super complicated thing depending on 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 your uh, publishing deal so it's kind of like it then it ends up being like if you have let's say you have you wrote half of a song and you, you're splitting it 50/50 so then so that 50% of you have of that song there's 100% of your writer share and a 100% of your publisher share and so, so, so then you so you've all of a sudden turned it into percentages of your 50%, but okay. it's a hundred percent of your writer's share of that 50%. <laughs> but then you could sell, it's easier to sell 50% of your publisher's share of your writer's share.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Than it is to sell a hundred percent of your writer's share, uh, to, for 50% of the writing share. Yeah.
0: You so lost, you lost me, <laughs> but I could say, I mean, my personality, if I was a songwriter, I would be like I don't care. I don't care anymore. Like I can't be bothered with it. I'm sure, you know, once you're trying to make a house payment, it's like, okay, I can be bothered with it. What's the, <laughs> you know, how am I getting screwed again? But oh my gosh, I never realized how, uh, how difficult
1: you just go. Thank you for giving me a job writing music. Right, I'll take it <laughs> and then worry about it later. It, hopefully you have that problem if you have the problem of arguing you know being pissed off that you only got right you know I should have gotten 5 more percent and you know now I can't buy four houses like <laughs> you know too bad
0: were you ever brought in it's like a I've got this quote a song doctor were you ever brought in like hey we got this thing it's just not you know after the second verse it's just not happening
1: Oh, totally all the time and I did great work and I but I haven't had Is that any stuff pretty
0: anonymous though when you when you come in at know a certain juncture
1: i think so i mean yeah it's kind of like i guess i ask
0: because i'm like who did you have any uh you know can you drop any names i
1: mean i wouldn't i would say sometimes that kind of stuff is like if it's a friend of yours or something you might just throw that that way or you'll you know maybe you get treated with a really good dinner and right nice bottle something. you come over and tinker around on some Instruments in the studio, and something goes the way that it wasn't before. I think more, you know, a suggestion on a lyric thing or something, you know, somebody's got their, you know, beating their head against the wall. Right. And it's like, you know, I want write a word, take a third. That's actually what uh, there's a publisher of mine that used to say that all the time, and that was his philosophy write a word, take, take a, third. a third. I don't concur with that. I think that that's wacky and I think, you know, just you know. Well, I remember the story of uh, Take It Easy that Jackson Brown wrote
0: and then Glenn Frey wrote upstand on the Corner of Winslow, Arizona that one, either that phrase or that verse and, mm-hmm. you know much like you're saying, I think
1: he either got half or a third or, I mean, that was a He, just, he seems like the kind of guy I would say <laughs> That's probably where that came from. Write a word, take a third <laughs> But I will say this if, you, if the word that you wrote for the song was Macarena, okay. Okay. well, maybe... Hell yes. I mean. I mean, you deserve everything you get
0: <laughs> in this world and the world after. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it seems like you've been exposed to a lot of great uh, experiences and stuff. Uh, were you ever... I mean, did you play certain venues that were really cool? Or were you ever on, you know, the Letterman's or the, you know... What kind of opportunities were afforded to you when you were, you know, in the thick of things, whether it was back with, you know, Muscadine or after your, you know, your, the albums you're doing now?
1: I mean, we, I played on a uh, Jimmy Kimmel once. That was really fun. Uh, What's uh, that
0: experience like? It's just kind of you shuffle in you sound really cool. check or.
1: Yeah, I think so. Well,
0: then you wait around the green room.
1: Let me think about that for a second. Oh yeah, I think we got a little sound check. It goes pretty fast, but the, yeah, there's the green room, and then they treat you really good. Uh, somebody's taking care of you, telling you when everything's gonna happen, and uh, it's a really neat experience. I mean, it's it's wild. It's nice and cool in there, and uh, it's just <laughs> like cold. Like they yeah. keep it really cold with all the
0: equipment or whatever, maybe yeah, cameras.
1: Yeah, I've done a lot, of, like stuff like that. You go movie sets or something, or I can't remember. I've done. I, I just. I don't know. It's like, right. did I see that on TV or did that happen? Yeah.
0: <laughs> what about opening for, did you guys in your career, have you opened for anybody that you've, you know, yeah. Right home about.
1: Yeah. I've opened for some pretty big acts. I can't remember some of them right now, but I would say, um, I know that, uh, Sugar Hill gang, um, Oh, Frank Black, uh, some I know like a couple there were a couple bigger things I can't i I'm just sounding on it right now. Jenny I, Lewis, I did a tour with her, that was really cool.
0: And you worked with her too, didn't you? Didn't yeah. you sing on her album or
1: hmm That was cool. She's cool. We're buddies.
0: Um What about meeting any heroes?
1: Oh yeah most, most of the cats at some point, even though it would be in a weird way, uh, maybe that I didn't expect, but you know, but yeah, I've gotten to meet a lot of, uh, really cool people. I mean, when we were on sire at our record release party or whatever, that they like Joey Ramone came and, Oh my gosh. Cool. I was just like, what? <laughs> and, uh, that was really neat. And, uh, yeah, I met Leonard Cohen and big fan, uh, And Jackson Brown, he lets me call him Jacks, we're buddies. He took me to see Roger Waters like two nights in a row when they played at uh, Staples Center. Oh, wow. And it was like, and you know, as long, I mean, we've been friends for a while, but it just, it's hard to believe. It it just never gets old. It's like, okay, I'm at a Mexican restaurant here, Jack's pulling up in this like (laughs) Subaru sidekick or something. I don't know what it was, like, heading over to see Roger Waters. Awesome, sweet seats, of course. Then I sit down. I think I'm next to this teenager, and I, like, I don't know if I had a pizza or something. Or I I just associate teenagers with pizza, but <laughs> I found out later on, like, you know, it was tall, that super badass bass player that plays with Jeff Beck for years. Oh yeah, Jeff Beck. Well, she's really really wicked. She was. She looks way younger than she is, but she was cool. We ended up being buds too. It's like L.A.'s a pretty sweet place.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I used to go there a lot. I've been there in a while. Um, what about Jeff Bridges? Did you work with him or write with him? Or
1: yeah, I mean, he asked me to do some stuff on his record, which I was very happy to do. And um, he's a really cool guy. I mean, I he I think seeing Jacks were pals, and then that's how. I don't know. I can't. I can't remember how I first met him, but he's a really nice guy. He's he really is, and we've been friends for years now too. And he's he's legit. He's like he really is like the guy. He's like the dude. The dude. Except if the dude didn't have all those problems that the dude has, <laughs> it's pretty wild. But he's really, hey man, hey veggie man, <laughs> what's up? It's hilarious. And uh, this
0: will be the last name drop. Um, Did, uh, where is it? Oh, Jennifer Lawrence. Did she record one of your songs or cover one of your songs?
1: Yeah. Yeah. She was, uh, that was for that movie, uh, house at the end of the street. And I worked with her for a couple days and this was before she blew up. She'd just done that winter's bone movie. And, and, uh, but she was super sweet, obviously very smart and very cool, but just like, just chill. I mean, we went, I remember we, like right when we met, we went down the street to get like a bite and get to know each other or whatever. And she got this like chicken salad sandwich or something. It's had so much mayonnaise on it. I'm not into mayonnaise. and I was just sitting there going like, Oh my God. But like, and she was talking about, you know, I don't know, stuff going on that, you know, would become all these other things that were all huge and just like kind of vibing out and you know, she's like a teenager. Yeah. She was like seventeen or something. Now, were
0: they going to try to uh, give her like a a music leg too? Mm-hmm. Like a well, lot of these. It was art, for you know? that movie. They just oh, wanted just so the, like okay.
1: something, and she had. I think she'd already signed on to it before things started going other way. So it was like she was about to go film X Men. Was what she's about oh, to okay. do. and then she was. Then it just went. Whoosh. But gotta say, you could tell um, that this was no ordinary teenager, like just hanging out there She was really bright, very cool. hmm And, you know. Said it's, that it's, kind of intangible that makes you a, a star. So, but she was cool. She was fun to hang out with, just cut up and stuff. So like you can, you can tell. So that was an interesting thing, you know? It's like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's, uh, let's bring ourselves a
0: little bit up to speed. So, uh, 2015 you signed with Merge mm-hmm. is that correct um, what led up to that were you were you kind of looking to get back into a, the system I guess
1: well a, a buddy turned them on to my music that they're buddies with and they liked it and called me and I was like cool <laughs> I love Merge and right. and I still do they're awesome like they're, they're the coolest label that uh that I've ever run across, and they're just great people. You know, you right.
0: Know, cool. I mean, they've been they've been fantastic to me when I was reaching out to
1: get you. Absolutely,
0: <laughs> they're very nice. Um, but that that makes me think of another question back to a Love Extreme, which seemed to be you know uh, hugely popular with so many people. Uh, that was with New West Records. Mm-hmm. Now, was that a mismatch? Because they were like their I guess their catalog was a lot of like country, alt country.
1: Yeah, you know, I think... I mean, did, I don't did think they it, do you right? I don't think it had to be a mismatch, but I also don't think a lot of stuff. I mean, it it's so hard to tell that, you know, it, I think that um, ultimately whatever happened happened and, you know, I don't... Uh, I mean, what, you know, I made a great record and, you know, some people heard it and that's awesome you mm-hmm. know I mean it, um I think you know
0: what do you do right so what's um what's in store for
1: you next I would say okay I'm thinking I was like what?
0: <laughs> what's uh, in store for you after you leave <laughs> that's what I was thinking
1: about I was like what am I gonna Little dinner eat? yeah I was thinking about A what I'm drinks do. I was. I just don't know, but uh, do some rad stuff. I'm. I've got a lot of looking forward to making more records. And uh, are you? Do you have a? Is your merge deal?
0: You know, you have another record that you got to. You know, in the next year or two that.
1: I mean, I've got several records already made, and, but I like to keep making them. And as far as my deal with them is, they they're pretty cool. I mean, in terms of. I think they're not going to be like. I mean, I don't. I don't think of it like that. You're not on a
0: schedule. They're not pounding down your door to.
1: No, they're just they're really deliver. They're really like cool. I mean, they're artists, so they understand what the. You know, we we talk on the phone about stuff. It's not like like a lawyer or something getting attention. Like you just you have two months to deliver the thing. It's kind of like everybody. Hopefully, in in this case, certainly, but hopefully, in any case the artists and the label would work together and not worry about specifics. I think those are there just in case you run into like somebody that's a drag or if you're a boys to men or something right. and they need to have another boys to men single right now.
0: <laughs> right. Um, you bring up a point. What ha- You do have a couple of unreleased albums, right? Or mm-hmm. um, I have a note about a, a piano ballad record that, Bill betrell
1: produced Mm -hmm. that's good i did that for new west that was the first record that i made solo and that never they never put that out no it's pretty i mean i would if i just uh i would probably snip a song or two off switch them around like this i'm doing hand motions just moving track placement slightly maybe just snip there's like one two takes on like on there but it's a really pretty record i would be fine with putting it out um uh, and maybe one day we'll do something like that. Uh, maybe I should give them a call and say, what's up, guys?
0: <laughs> um, but you've never had, I mean, what was the, was there a final word on that? Or just they? you don't, you obviously don't own, that's, you never, you don't own the Masters.
1: Uh, I don't believe So if, if you think about it in terms of, you know, I, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, could, I could, at some point, get them. Um, if, but I don't know. I mean, I don't think I do. I haven't looked at it in a while. Is it possible that I, they have reverted to me at this point? <laughs>
0: I, I have no idea. It's, it's been in. It's in your unopened mail. It's, can you raise a good question. <laughs> um. Well, I can uh, I I end every show with the same five questions it's called the final 5. So let's uh let's move to that. Um the first question is uh what music related possession has the most sentimental value to you?
1: I would probably say um my guitar Baby Kicks that I just got not that long ago and haven't played that much. Mhm. <laughs> but it's so awesome, and I just feel like this is the one. What kind of guitar is it? It's uh, it's um, it's a meh, 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 meh. can't remember what it's called now. It's uh, it it's it's old school. And I'm zoning on the name. It's not a Silvertone, but it's a It's a K. <laughs> it goes back to your uh yeah, what, I was, about to what say. was your original one called your
0: uh, hundred forty four dollar one
1: yeah, I think it is maybe it's not a k is that's too crazy could it be a k
0: every begins with k the k starter series it's the k
1: uh master series yeah it's a beautiful guitar it's really cool but anyway i am just I'm, i love my piano I, it's a it's a world it's a piano it's nice um uh but I, I really think, and I love my, the guitar I got right now. This is the, but this is the thing. Don't get too attached to musical instruments because, like, when Peter Frampton thought he lost his okay. guitar and then somebody would stolen Still. it, he thought it was exploded in a plane crash, and then <laughs> he got it back 30 years later. It's like the lion that hasn't seen the person and touches their face. But he thought he couldn't play because he lost his instrument. And you got it. Most stuff I ever like gets stolen or broken or something, so I just go like, oh, well, there's other stuff. But, yeah, I like my instruments, I guess. Throughout your career, have you ever had an
0: endorsement deal
1: or had, you know, free strings at least? I I don't think so. I mean, that was – but that's not because it couldn't have happened. And I know that Adidas gave me a bunch of stuff on time. Adidas? Mm-hmm. But what were you working on at the time? <laughs> I just think somebody was cool at Adidas and was like, come get all the stuff you want. That's
0: cool. <laughs> okay, uh, question number two. If I gave you a million dollars to give to charity, who would you give it to?
1: Um, I would just probably pick pick a few musicians that I was buddies with and and uh, that I thought would do really good work. Yeah. Okay. Maybe... <laughs> Take that and turn it into, you know, something for charity, you know? uh uh-huh. Uh if 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 I had to do some more traditional work with charity, um it's have to be one charity, it could be several of them. Uh I for the question I say one. Just to okay, that's cool. Um I guess it would probably be the Arby's Foundation. What's that? I
0: don't know. I'm just making it. There's a <laughs> McDonald's house I giving just <laughs> giving roast beef to uh, under eight or underprivileged.
1: <laughs> oh God! Oh
0: yeah. I mean, I I don't know. Something that would be a good scam, though. It's like you've heard of the Ronald McDonald House? This is the Stardons garbage foundation. foundation. Yeah,
1: it's. I would definitely. It would definitely be something to do with like, you know, children that were you know disadvantaged. 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 You know. Yeah. Totally. Alright, uh, question three is What would your walk-up music be to the Pearly Gates? Do I want to be a little bit humble Or do I want to just turn up the G's and be like <laughs> what, you, you can name well, one for each scenario I'm going to get in either way, right?
0: Yeah, I think it's uh, it's looking good As I've said yeah. before
1: This is it This Kenny, is it
0: Kenny Loggins with
1: This uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald this is yeah. it. I like that um, and the flip side of that question four is what's stuck on repeat in hell?
1: Oh wow, I would say like some real well, I was gonna say like some super like uber whatever hardcore mega metal that like is just mega bombastic and whatever, mm-hmm. but then at a certain point that can kind of become like white noise. Yeah. So that might not be as bad as it seems right off the bat. Um, this, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot that's pretty bad. What, what's yours? Uh, American Pie. I'm going to go with that. I'll second you on that. <laughs> well, it's
0: funny. When we first spoke on the phone, I could tell you've, you've got a good appreciation for a lot of, like you. I, I think you don't, you find, the good in a lot of music. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I read somewhere you really like the song. I can't wait My new shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love that song too. That's funny. I used, to, I used to DJ in college. I used to have it all the time in my, in my dance set. When I ran out of, uh, other stuff,
1: I got to try it. I'll never forget the first time I saw Andrew I do praying. <laughs> I'd like to tell you this is left Andy alone. <laughs> Prison's it's not a pretty place <laughs> what's that from Shaw dips until he murdered the dialogue there sorry
0: <laughs> uh last question is your most memorable live music experience
1: i'd have to say playing i'd have to say playing on the pier in Wilmington and then everybody turns around to look behind us. Like it's like 150 people. And then I look, turn around and I see a freaking UFO over the oceans. All beautiful at night. And there's UFO and there's a whole peer of people that saw it with me. So <laughs> I don't have to be like, it's the a UFO. Nobody saw it. It's really crazy. Did you discuss it with people afterwards? Or? Hell yeah. I <laughs> talked with like 50 people or more about it for, you know, like what did you see? You know, like it, when you have something like that happen and you've got that many people that it are seeing it? Then it's good to go ahead and. Was it was it
0: nighttime or was it yeah dusk? We, or we
1: started playing when the sun was going down. It was really the yeah. most beautiful gig I played anyway because it's the pier- the the place that we played is delicious food like you know and eat shrimp and all that jazz and and uh, crab and uh, you dig uh, like beach drinks. It's uh, Ocean Grill and Tiki Bar um and uh and uh and it wasn't did i say yeah yeah it's it, it's it's called it's it's not called wilmington technically it's something beach carolina beach okay. sorry so got that out of the way and yeah it was a beautiful day anyway and then the dark comes down and it's a beautiful night and then bam
0: so what would you see describe what you see. I mean, it's such it's top of the news now. Then now that they admit that the government has an agency, you know, looking into UFOs. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't say that it was or wasn't. You know, there's no telling whether it was a craft that was military tech or. You know, I would go with that over um, extraterrestrial nature just right. because we know there's weird military tech and it's like start there. But I will say, it was not anything close to normal. It looked like a squashed lampshade. It had, def. I mean, it was out over the ocean, so there's no way to tell how big it is. Mm-hmm. And it was, it had defined corners. So think about like a lampshade squashed with the Sorry. typical, lampshade. it's like a square with the sides like this, but defined. So you could see, it wasn't just all right, fuzz right. out. Light doesn't do that. And then it just, whoosh, it either went straight ahead on a, Plane away from us to where it was gone, or it flashed out. Right okay. there, you can't tell because of how that light thing works, but it was definitely awesome. <laughs> and did
0: at the mid. So this is the middle of a show.
1: Yeah, I was like, "Why is everybody?" I'm singing. Why is nobody looking at me? Why are they looking? Oh, at, you know. And I, I was having to deal with that. Why is nobody looking at me? And I'm singing the song. <laughs> so I turn around over my right shoulder and ta-da. How funny. Yeah. What about um,
0: what about another artist? Do you have any memorable seeing another artist play? That
1: wow, I've be, seen Willie be, Nelson play a lot, and I've always enjoyed that. Um, or do you mean playing a show with him? Yeah, with playing a, a show. Or I
0: guess so, you know someone in your position too might have had a privy to have a private,
1: you know? Oh, yeah. It's like Burt Bacharach singing yeah, like, "Happy Birthday" to you. To oh yeah, I got to see um. Leonard Cohen Jacks took me to see Leonard Cohen's like his band do the whole re- uh rehearsal uh what do they call it? Dress rehearsal for a tour a couple oh, that's cool. years back. He knew I was the hugest Cohen fan. And I and he and he he and uh D took me down to uh the front and uh like, sat me down on, like, a couch. It's in a rehearsal studio, like, SHR. I can't remember what they're called. Back like SRO, is that one? Of yeah, the But, like, um, yeah, I got to watch an entire show, like, you know, with, like, 20 people in the room. That's awesome. Yeah, it was freaking awesome. <laughs> that was great. Well,
0: Benji Hughes, thank you for doing this. I'm glad I finally got to rope you in and get you here. Hey, thanks a lot, Tim. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Alright, thank you Benji Hughes. You can find Benji on MergeRecords.com, and both his albums will love extreme and songs in the key of Animal on your favorite streaming platforms. Or better yet, just google Benji Hughes, that's H-U-G-H-E-S, and go down the rabbit hole of articles, music, and music videos you'll find on him. It's worth the trip. Pun intended. We'll be back next Tuesday with an all new episode, so we hope you'll join us then. Spread the word about us to any music-loving friends and follow us on all the social media your kids used to love, but we the parents made uncool. Until next week, good night, Cleveland.